Today on Locked On A's, we're talking about Adam Aller scrapping his sinker, the A's rotation moving forward for the rest of the season, and then, of course, we have win of the week. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on A's, stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 442 of the Locked on A's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're talking about Adam Aller. We're getting deep into his pitch mix, and he's been having some, some success lately. It's been going under the radar. Let's talk about that. And then in the second segment, we're going to be talking about the hole that Paul Blackburn's injury has left in the rotation. Uh, it's currently being filled by somebody. Does that somebody deserve it? Not des- deserve is a strong word. We're going to go with, hey, how about some other guys? Uh, and then in the third segment, we're talking about the win of the week. But before we do that, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please join our Twitter community. Pose a question. Make a friend. Have some fun in our Twitter community. Uh, That's where you guys can do all of those things. So go do that. But uh, let's get into today's episode, and that is about Adam Aller potentially and seemingly scrapping his slider of late. Uh, In his start against the Rangers last week, I noticed that Adam Aller seemed to have ditched his sinker, uh, at least according to the pitch data on Baseball Savant, which is faulty sometimes. But I was like, hey, that's interesting. Uh, To be fair, that doesn't mean that it's completely factual that he has, in fact, scrapped his sinker uh, by any means. But uh, there, there have been mistakes on baseball savants and, you know, tracking pitches in the past on the website and stuff like that. Uh, but even if he didn't scrap it, uh, he sure did use it a whole lot less. Maybe it was being categorized as another pitch, but he, he hasn't been using anything that's, that's been cl- classified a sinker in about a month now. And so... Uh, I found that interesting. I started going back a little bit, but before we go back, let's go with his best start of his career so far, and that was against the Rangers last week. He went six innings, gave up five hits, one run, walked one, struck out four, and the main difference to his pitch mix, other than not using the sinker, which he'd been doing, but he was also using his fastball 20% more than his season average, and uh That seems like it's been working okay. It is up to 49% now after that outing. And uh, obviously, this means that he had to throw some of his other pitchers, his other pitches, a little bit less. His cutter was down 12% in that game. His changeup was up 7%. You know, I love talking about changeups. And his slider was down 7%. And uh, they have him throwing a pair of curveballs, which is, which was not listed in this arsenal before, and now he's throwing like a hundred of them, apparently. So they did some backlogging on that in between when I wrote the beginning of this and then the end of this. So uh, he has a curveball now. That's a fun development. Look at that. Um, so I started looking at some of his previous starts before the one in Texas because of that, and I was like, hey, am I 
catching this like as it's happening or has he been doing this and i just haven't heard about it yet uh, it turns out it was the, the latter on this one uh so against the astros his fastball use usage was up and there was no sign of a sinker he went four two four and two-thirds of an inning uh and he gave up two earned runs so a nice start obviously you want to see him go a little bit deeper but two earned runs against the houston astros <laughs> take that all day uh, in his start against the Giants, he threw 45% fastball. So again, almost 20% up against his season average. Uh, he threw zero sinkers, and he went five innings and gave up four runs. Obviously, y- you have stinkers every now and then. That happens. You don't throw s- sinkers. You have some stinkers. Boom. Uh I hate myself for that one, too. Anyways, uh, his start against the White Sox to end July, July 31st, uh, was the last one that Savant had him throwing a sinker, and they have him throwing exactly one sinker in that game. He went six in the third innings and gave up four earned runs. So you're seeing him using the sinker a little bit less, having some better outings. I mean, obviously giving up four runs in six innings is not necessarily a great outing, but it's trending in the right direction at the very least. Um, And something that may catch you off guard here is that in the second half of this season, since the All-Star break, Adam Aller has turned things around in a big, big way. And a lot of that is his last two starts, obviously, but uh, he has a 467 ERA, which still is higher than league average, but it's not as bad as it was in the first half, uh, and that is in 27 innings pitched, and that is after posting an 8.56 ERA in the first half uh, over 27 and a third innings pitched. So he's pitched one less out, and he has lowered his ERA by four runs, and it's because he's using his sinker a little bit less. Uh, this is a big development because his sinker, was getting hit hard all season, so he just stopped throwing it. And hey, uh, apparently, when the opposition isn't hitting 478 against one of your pitches with an expected batting average of 417 and an average exit velocity of 95, you know, if they're not hitting the ball like Giancarlo Stanton every single time you throw this pitch, hey, you're gonna have some better success. So it looks like that's what's been happening with Adam Aller since the All-Star break. No more sinker, a little bit more curveball action, a little bit more fastball action, a little bit more success action. There you go. Having fun. Adam Aller being a decent pitcher. Obviously, there's still room for him to grow, but if he can get to roughly league average in the second half by the end of the season, I think that's a major developmental victory for Adam Aller and also the future of the A's rotation, potentially. So uh, I like what I'm seeing from Adam Muller right now. Uh, his sinker also accounted for four of the 12 long balls that he's given up this season. Uh, that is 33% of his home runs that have been allowed on a pitch that he throws 13% of the time. So you got to figure, I mean, obviously other pitchers are going to, or other pitches are going to fill the void of what his sinker was doing 13% of the time. But uh you got to think that he's going to be giving up fewer home runs if he's not throwing the sinker as often. So that should also limit the damage against him. And with this closing here, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I made the comparison before the season uh, when the trade happened because partially they were traded for each other. But I said that uh, I see some some Chris Bassett in Adam Aller, and uh, he may not have the best stuff, but he his story, his story of arriving 
to where he was at AAA at that point and on, on the doorstep of the major leagues. That is the, the story of a grinder, and that is exactly what Chris Bassett was. And I was like, hey, best case scenario, maybe he turns into a Chris Bassett. That'd be great. But he has the makings of somebody who could be like Chris Bassett. And, uh, you know, in his age 27 season, uh, Adam Aller is 27, and Chris Bassett in his age 27 season, Bassett had a 6'11 ERA and 28 innings pitched. Obviously, Aller has surpassed that innings pitch total, but... The ERA is fairly close. Uh, Aller has like a 6.5, and Bassett had a 6.11. So uh, there you go. It, they're they're kind of close, following similar trajectories. And it wasn't until Bassett's age 29 season in 2018 that he really broke out when he posted a 3.02 ERA across 47 and two-thirds innings pitched. Obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Adam Aller is going to be getting more innings to throw in the big leagues, uh, both between the, le- the rest of this year and also next year. Uh, so he's going to have more time to develop at the major league level. But that is something to keep an eye on is, hey, is he going to be posting a 302 ERA in a couple of years? Hey, that's going to be for this, uh, this uh, projection to work. He's going to have to uh, for me to be happy, I guess. <laughs> but uh, if this change in his delivery or his uh, pitch picks has unlocked something for Adam Aller, then he may very well be on a similar path to the one that Chris Bassett paved. And uh, I'm interested to see what Adam Aller does the rest of this season and also what he's working on going in the next year. Is he going to stick with this pitch mix? Is he going to add another pitch, a different pitch? Uh, I don't know, throw a screwball. He might be teammates with Brett Honeywell by the end of the, uh, by the end of the season. So Learn a screwball. Why not? (laughs) But coming up, we're going to be talking about the vacant Paul Blackburn spot. It's not vacant. It's filled. But is it filled by the right guy? We're going to talk about it. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including baseball. The NFL is coming back. That's a great place to go. It's BetOnline. Bet on your NFL games. And then they also got the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And thank you again so much for making Locked On Ace your first lesson of the day. This is Locked On. We're your favorite team every single day. It's your team every day. Nailed it. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the... The A's rotation for the rest of the season. There's a few weeks left in the year, and this is a great time to get some development done. And with the injury to Paul Blackburn, who'd been having a good season, he was an all-star. That's great, but he's he's hurt now. He's been shut down for the rest of the season, so he's out. So who should fill that spot? Uh, the A's rotation currently consists of Cole Irvin. He's not going anywhere. Uh, you got James Caprillion. He's been He's been solid. He's definitely not going to be sent down, so he's in the rotation. You got Adam Aller, who uh, he's great, apparently. I I said that in the last segment. He's great, so keep throwing him out there, I guess. Uh, And then J.P. Sears, who 
is legitimately looking uh, very, very good, and I'm very intrigued by him. Uh, also, note on J.P. Sears, uh, he threw his changeup 6% of the time on Sunday, so I don't know what the A's are doing here, having him throw fastball slider all the time because his, his changeup, which I assumed was the reason that they got him, uh, isn't being utilized enough. Maybe that's a thing for later. I don't know, but hey, throw the changeup more. Also, he threw six, and four of them were balls, I believe, and then one was a foul. Uh, one was fouled off, and then one was put in play. I didn't see what it did. Um, I assume, no, it wasn't the home run, so it wasn't the one run that he gave up. That was on a fastball to Mitch Hanniger. So, hey, I don't know, throw the changeup more. It, maybe he didn't have a good feel for it, and they just stayed away from it because he couldn't throw it for strikes. Could be. I don't know. But I still have a feeling that JP Sears is going to be a changeup, not heavy guy, but he's going to be working in that changeup a little bit more, uh, maybe come next season. So keep an eye on that. And then the last guy, uh, and the guy that I'm not questioning, but the guy that I'm like, hey, maybe we could give this time to somebody else, is Zach Logue. Um, I don't dislike Zach Logue at all. He's been a fairly solid pitcher for the majority of his starts, but his last two starts, he's gotten blown up just a bit. Um, in those two starts, he has gone uh, nine and two-thirds innings pitch total against the Astros and the, the Rangers on the road, and he's given up 13 earned runs. It's not great, obviously, not great. And he's kind of, he hasn't been like a, a shutdown guy. Obviously, he's still learning to pitch at the big league level, but could, do, do you want to have him keep going out there and getting shelled like that? Or do you want to have him, like, maybe make another start in Vegas, end a season like that on, you would hope, a high note? Um, or do you want to see how he works through the struggles and stuff like that? And so that's kind of what I think the, the debate is for the A's right now. And he's slated the start on Tuesday. And we'll, we'll talk about this in the next segment for win of the week. But he's slated the start on Tuesday against the Miami Marlins. The Marlins do not have a great offense. So that start could determine the rest of his season, I would imagine. And, you know, it, if he is, you know, uh, optioned down or, you know, removed from the A's 26-man roster, I don't think that it's the end of his line with the A's by any means. I think that it's just like, hey, Get some rest. You had a good season. It's been a long year. Uh, work on these things. We'll see you in a couple of months for spring training. It'll be great. Uh, I think that that's, you know, I'm I'm still intrigued to see what Zach Logue offers the A's long term. I just don't know that he necessarily, quote unquote, needs the time at the major league level for the last five weeks to figure a couple of things out while he's not getting the results that he wants. Maybe we can use that time for another pitcher that the A's are also potentially high on. So I got a couple of guys. Well, I'm going to mention three. One of them's not really possible, but uh, three guys. Uh, the first one is Adrian Martinez and his wacky-dacky changeup. Uh, I told you guys I like changeups. I talked about Adrian Martinez's changeup a couple of weeks ago. I think it's fascinating. It moves a lot. I still believe that it is the number one vertical mover. Uh, so it moves the most vertically out of anybody who's thrown changeups in baseball this season. So, hey, he's got a, a nasty-looking vertical changeup there. So, hey, I want to see more of that in, at the big league level, see what it does, see what he can work on going into the offseason because he's on the cusp. you got to say he's on the cusp. He's kind of a depth guy right now. He's had some up-and-down starts, but let's see what he can do with two or three consecutive starts as opposed to spot start here, spot start there. He's 2-3 and three on the season with a 6.08 ERA in five 
very sporadic starts this season. Uh, he's posting similar numbers in Vegas, so it's not like he's you know really knocking on the door to be like, no, 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 let me in. I, I, I can do this now. But hey, maybe he's just bored of facing guys at AAA. And you know, I think it was uh, Franc- you hear it all the time, but I think Francisco Lindor was struggling. Well, not struggling, but like not putting up like crazy numbers in AAA, even though it was a top-rated prospect. Then he came up to the majors and was just fantastic. And uh, he's now Francisco Lindor. And, uh, you know, he got traded and got a big package for him and all that stuff. And sometimes, guys, I don't know that Adrian Martinez is, you know, quite Francisco Lindor good at pitching. But maybe he's like, eh, you know, it, the ball travels too far here. It's whatever. Maybe he needs that challenge. Maybe he needs to be in Oakland for a few starts to really be like, no, 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 you're part of the plans. Let's go. Um, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I see some untapped, some untapped upside uh, right here with Adrian Martinez, and I want to see what that upside looks like. So maybe a couple of weeks of just getting some starts. I'd be intrigued. Uh, another guy, this is the guy that uh, is not going to be in the rotation, but I, I'm hoping to see him before the end of the year, and that's Brent Honeywell because, uh, you know, whenever he is healthy. And that's because Honeywell is still a prospect. He's not on the A's top 30 list anymore because he's been hurt for so long. But uh, he was, I believe, a top 20 prospect according to MLB Pipeline. Uh, but for, you know, injuries plagued him since like the 20, like 18, it's been like four years of he can't get on the field to stay healthy long enough to get up to the majors and stretch out and all that stuff. So, hey, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, Martin Gallegos said that uh, he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen for the rest of this season. And I believe he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen in Las Vegas on Tuesday. So if you're in the area, go watch Brent Honeywell pitch some baseballs and uh, I assume dominate. Because, you know, Brent Honeywell is a top 20 prospect when healthy. If the A's can figure out the health like they did with A.J. Buck, hey, maybe we can figure some things out here. And uh, Brent Honeywell can just screwball his way into our hearts. Uh, So I thought that I I would mention him, even though he's going to be a bullpen guy, because I want to see Brent Honeywell. Why not? Uh, But the other guy that could be getting a look in the A's rotation if, maybe if, Zach Logue struggles on Tuesday against the Miami Marlins, is the A's number three prospect according to MLB Pipeline and the number 35 overall prospect according to Fangraphs, and that is Ken Waldachuk, who was acquired in the Frankie Montas deal. The 24-year-old lefty is knocking on the door to the big leagues, and I think that a lot of A's fans would love to see him get a start or two before season's end to really get excited about next season. I mean, it feels like A's fans are not like riding high because it's not like the A's are playing ridiculously good baseball, but they're getting some wins every now and then. And Shea Langoliers has been looking great. And J.P. Sears has been looking pretty good. I'll say great as well because he's given up three runs and three starts for the A's. So, yeah, why not? He's great. Uh, future Cy Young winner right there. Uh, but, no, the, the A's young guys, some of the guys that you could see being a part of the A's future – are showing up and doing stuff. Ken Waldachuk would definitely add to that list of guys that you were excited to see in 2023. And I think that's a reason to give him a call up. See what he's got. If, if you think that he's close to being ready, give him that, that one start before the end of the year. Give him two starts before the end of the year. See what he does. Give him a little taste. And then be like, hey, you're going to be in the discussion for the opening day rotation. You come ready. This is what it's like. Go. Um, so that's what I could see happening 
there. But give Martinez some other starts right there, too. Um, give him, you know, three to four starts as a little bit of an audition for next season. Um, and if he performs well, he can stay. Waldachuk can, you know, earn his way onto the team next year. But if he struggles, then Waldachuk gets a look instead. I could see that being the case right there. Uh, the A's are a much more fun, fun team to watch right now than they were at the beginning of the season, but they're still a growing team. This season is essentially over. I mean, there's like five weeks left on the season, and the A's are not going to make the playoffs, but it is still an important time for a lot of these guys that are trying to make a good impression for next season, whether that's to secure their spot on the roster for opening day or I mean, if they get released by the A's or something, they're, they want to put their best foot forward for another team. So it's an intriguing time for the A's, and guys are still trying to make their names these last five weeks. Uh, these are also the times in the season when you start building that clubhouse culture with a bunch of young guys now that everybody's been released, and they're hoping to make their mark in the big leagues. So it's a good bonding experience, too. If you think that somebody's going to be a part of your future, you kind of want them up there now so that they can get used to winning a little bit because the A's are winning a little bit. Get that taste and uh, you know try to end the season on a high note. It's a matter of basically who can show that they're going to be a part of that next squad in Oakland, and that's, that's where we are right now. It's an intriguing time for A's baseball, and uh, it's not a terrible watch these days, so it's a good time. But... Coming up, we got win of the week, so stay locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow our YouTube channel, uh, wherever you like to watch YouTube. <laughs> and it's on YouTube. That's why I'm laughing. Anyways, uh, follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community, 39 members strong. Uh, pose a question. Have a thought. Uh, make some friends. It's a good time over there. But uh, let's get into the win of the week. <laughs> I'm recording this at night and the baby is asleep, so that was very quiet. I'm sorry. But uh, th- this one is only going to be the first series of the week because I got to go over who the A's are playing because they're not a familiar foe because it's the Miami Marlins that are coming to town and they're bringing a couple of old friends and Joey Wendell and Jesus Luzardo. So it's going to be an interesting matchup for the A's, I think. And uh, I'm intrigued. I like Jazz Chisholm. Uh, I don't think he's hurt, so we get to watch him. That'll be a good time. But uh, Miami has a record of 52 and 69, good for a 430 winning percentage. Uh, They're also 12 and 1 against the Washington Nationals this season. Uh, And the Nationals are the worst team in baseball, the A's or the second-worst team in baseball. So that is why I mentioned that. Um, If you're going to take away those wins over that record against the Washington Nationals, the Marlins are playing 370 baseball overall this season. So they're basically the Oakland A's, who are playing 369 baseball with one more game played, and I believe it was a loss that they got in that extra game. So, hey, I think that that's interesting. There are just a couple of teams playing mediocre baseball and one of them gets to beat up on the Washington Nationals and one of them doesn't. They get to face the Houston friggin' Astros instead. So, hey, good times. Um, So the question here is really, uh, are the Miami Marlins beating up on bad opponents like the Nationals or the A's by that extent? uh, Or are they beating up on familiar opponents 
that are also bad at baseball. So one of those is potentially worrisome for the A's, and the other one's like, yeah, it's just the Nationals, whatever. So I don't know. Uh, the, the Marlins are also not playing great baseball right now. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 and have lost four games in a row. Sandy Alcantara uh, got blown up by the Dodgers yesterday, I believe. It was like, it, it wasn't a good start. He gave up 10 hits in a few innings. I didn't look at the line. It it scared me. So, And he's their best pitcher. So, yikes. Um, so their offense is on the season, nine points below league average, but their staff ERA ranks 12th. So they're obviously, no, not breaking any news here, they're a team built on pitching. And the A's have some bats that are can get the job done. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting matchup. The Nationals have the worst staff ERA in all of baseball. So uh, that has allowed the Miami Marlins offense to score enough runs to win 12 of 13 games against them. Uh, the A staff is nearly a full run better than Washington, so that should bode well for them. If they can just hold down the vaunted Miami Marlins offense, hey, we might be we might have a good series here. So uh, here are the pitching matchups for the series. On Monday, we have the, the new Cy Young favorite for the Oakland A's, Adam Aller, and his no-sinker approach going against Pablo Lopez. Lopez hasn't been going past the fifth inning too often of late and has a 7.04 ERA this month through three starts against the Cubs, Braves, and Padres. Three, I mean, two of three of those are good opponents and then the Cubs. Um, so, interesting. But also, they're going to be relying on their bullpen a bit. So, we'll see how good the bullpen is as well. Uh, Adam Haller is amazing now, so I am taking the A's in this game given that he will probably only allow a couple of runs, hopefully, maybe two or three. Let's say two or three over five or six innings. I'll take that from Adam Muller. Leave it to the bullpen. The very tired bullpen right now. Uh, but I think that they can they can get some hits off of Pablo Lopez, I hope. And then on Tuesday, we got Zach Lowe going against Edward Cabrera. Uh, I didn't know who Edward Cabrera was, so I... Had to look him up. And Cabrera hasn't allowed a run in three starts this month and has struck out 21 batters in 14 and two-thirds innings. Um, given the second segment, the segment that I just did, about, hey, maybe Zach Logue shouldn't be in the A's rotation for the rest of the season. Maybe we should give it to somebody else. And given that stat line from Edward Cabrera, I'm going to go with the Marlins in this one. Sorry, Zach. It feels like I am saying that I don't like Zach Lowe. I like Zach Lowe. He's great. I. That's all. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anyways, Wednesday's matchup. You got Cole Irvin going against Jesus Luzardo, a battle of current and former A's lefties. Uh, Luzardo was pitching well this season. He's missed some time, obviously, but uh, he went. He has a 3.44 ERA in 10 starts, but Cole Irvin has been the A's best pitcher this season, and he's going against a lackluster squad himself. So I'm thinking that this one is low scoring, but the A's take it. Or Luzardo gets blown up, but I, I, I'm not rooting for that by any means. Uh, his command has been a little bit better this season, so that's been good. Let's see what the A's can do against him. If any team can blow him up, I guess, this year when he has a 3.44 ERA, uh, it'd probably be the team that he pitched for and has developed him a decent amount, but he's also slightly different pitcher now, so we'll see. Um, so I got the A's taking two out of three in this one. I will go over the Yankees series on Thursday's show, but 
I had to leave some extra time for this portion or this win of the week segment because it's against the Marlins and uh, they're a less familiar foe. And I had some some fun stats for you guys about their record against the Washington Nationals and stuff and how that doesn't really play into this series. But hey, are they a good team or not? That's my question about the Miami Marlins. And we're going to find out over the course of three games. Then we'll make some very hard opinions. But uh, before I get out of here, I do want to pose one question, and that is on Friday, I tweeted out that it was a Cole Irvin revenge game against the Seattle Mariners, and he gave up like six runs. So my question here is because Eugenio Suarez drove in five of those runs, is it still a revenge game where he only gave up one run to other guys who were on the team last year. So he did get revenge on them, just not the entirety of the Seattle Mariners and the new people that they have brought in. Is that still a revenge game? I, I'm going to say maybe. I think that he got some amount of revenge against the people that tormented him last year. Gave him like an 8 ERA and 5 starts, so... Hey, I think that's where I'm landed on that one. Cole Irvin did get his revenge. The Mariners had the last laugh. Something like that. Let's go with that. Uh, why not? But that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making the Locked On A's your first listen today. Now go make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast because baseball expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team, including the Oakland A's and the biggest stories around the league. Basically, all of the A-stores, huge around the league. Uh, follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. They're on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you guys get podcasts. We are also available in all those places. So wherever you're listening here, listen over there for Locked On MLB. And then make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And uh, yeah. That, that's the episode. On the next episode, we'll be talking more Ace Baseball. Yeah, and maybe I'll find about find out about, uh, I don't know, somebody else who throws something weird because uh, pitching is in my wheelhouse right now. I'm having a great time finding out about what guys are throwing and doing and whatnot. So, hey, stay tuned. It'll be a good time. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow.